podcast one production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. In Health Hacker, we break down a topic for you in each episode. But this is a Health Hacker interview where we find out from inspiring people how they've hacked their lives and then pass this knowledge on to you. And we call it Hacking the Hackers. And on this episode, we're speaking to Shane Crawford, former Aussie Rules footballer who played 305 senior games for the Hawthorne Football Club, a Brownlow medal winner, and also we're going to talk later about something which we think is even crazier, is the length that you ran and sometimes the distances that you can cycle, all for charity as well. Shane, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Do you think that um, you know, the success you've had in life, does it come down to any one factor? Like obviously, somebody that sets a goal very dedicated, hardworking. Is there a particular fact that you think separates everyone from people that aren't as successful? I, well, yeah, I think you've got to be very driven, you yeah. know, and I think it's got to be definitely in your makeup. Um, I, yeah, I've always been someone who's been super focused and, and someone who likes to achieve yep. um, and likes to have an ending to the results. It's yep. like, okay, this is my goal. Yep, tick. Okay, move on. And in a way that can be a bit of a downfall too because you're – you're always looking, okay, what's the next thing? Yeah. Um, especially after playing football for, you know, 17 years and then getting to the end, it's like, okay, what's the next thing? What, what, where can I go and where can I feel like I'm still contributing and yeah. feeling good about my life and getting the most out of my life? So, um, you know, I think mindset's super, super important. And my, my upbringing, my, I, I was brought up in a little country town in Finlay, New South Wales, mm. uh, just with my mother, a single mother with um, an older brother and a younger brother. And um, I think the biggest thing that I learnt then was work ethic because my mum, she would work virtually all day, you mm. know, and then got to a stage when I was... 14, I said, I really want to go away to boarding school, which I knew we couldn't afford. We didn't have much money. Um, and my mum didn't say no, because I think she realised, oh, that's the best thing for me is to get out of the town and go to a, a bigger place that's going to have more opportunity. So straight away, she got another job. So wow. she worked two jobs to give me an opportunity to do something with my life. She knew that I was obsessed with footy and, and sport. And that's the the greatest lesson that I've ever learnt is you know, just hard work um, and and dedication and sacrifice um, through my mum, who was who is an inspiration. What an inspirational woman! Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and and like she would seriously, she would go off and work on a farm in the mornings. She'd come back by lunchtime, then she'd go to the RSL club and work at the RSL club until twelve o'clock at night. Yeah. And she was doing that constantly, and yet still trying to keep an eye on what what us three rat bags were doing and <laughs> and where we we're going. And um, yeah, it's something that I just think, wow, you know, what an inspirational woman. And now you're a, obviously a, a proud father of four kids. How do you manage that? And I suppose some lessons you took from your mum would be great, invaluable. Yeah, yeah, great difficulty. Um, I'll be honest, <laughs> twins know. at the end too. Yeah, like you had so I've got a twelve boys. year old, a ten year old, and twins at a seven, all boys. Oh. And um, yeah, it is. It's hard. Like yeah. I, I could come on and say, "Oh yeah, no, it's good. We're on top of things, <laughs> and, and life's easy." But it's not. It's it's bloody hard. Um, you know. And and the, the biggest thing I want from them is them to just do their best and yeah. just have a go. Yep. Um, and that's that's one thing my mum always said: just have a go. 
<laughs> just just have a go and do your best. So is that your why now? I suppose you touched on your mother. Is that why you get up in the mornings to set a good example for your kids and show them you know, what's possible in life? Yeah. What motivates you on a daily basis? I, and I, I, I want them to get the best out of themselves, yep. whatever that is. I, I really don't care if they yep. play Aussie rules football. Yeah. I don't. I really don't. Yeah. I just want them to have a go yep. and um, and be happy. That, that's you know, the driving force for me. Um, yeah, my kids are everything to me. Uh, I, I want to be around. I want them to like me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want them to want to hang out with me. Um, and I also want them to be very active because I think it's so important, not only for the, the heart and the lungs, um, but for your mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talk about playing team sports and being active, uh, what that actually does to your mind. And I just think it's just such an important um, ingredient to getting the most out of your life. Whatever you do, and this is what I say to the kids all the time, whatever you do, make sure you're very passionate about it, yep. you know, because it won't feel like a job. It's something that really excites you. Yep. And, um, yeah, hopefully you can just charge on with your life. It's a great hack there, isn't it? Like, you know, we always talk to people, they want to start exercising, try and find a community because we yes. understand that yep. 70% of your happiness actually comes from your connection to other people. So, yep. you know, it's really important to put yourself into something that allows you to be part of a community. And when you've got young kids, that's the importance of team sports, which is really, really profound. And not only that, when you're training hard, yep. especially in a group, you always want a few people struggling more than you. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go, well, I'm not hurting as much as Jono oh, down the that's back. That's great. So, uh, that for me is a good little mental. Well, talking push. about your, your, your physical um, activity and whatnot, how did you adjust to life after footy exercise-wise? Because a lot of footballers go, one of either way, you've, you've stayed nice and trim and fit. Other oh, yeah. blokes just go, I'm not doing anything. Fuck, stuff it. You know? <laughs> well, the, for, the first, um, for the first six months, because my knees were, were no good at the time and they needed rest, so it was either surgery or naturally I'll try yeah. and heal my body, which I, I chose naturally um, because I don't like surgeons ripping into your body. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, so I, I, just, I just started to feel, yeah, I'm like, hang on, here's my gut. Oh, no. You know, I'm starting to thicken up. So you had that O moment. You look in the mirror one day and went, oh, shit, I'm Yeah, I'm, but not only that, it's like <laughs> you run around with the kids and you're, you're puffing hard yeah, and you're yeah. thinking, no, nah, come yeah. on, I love exercise, yeah. you know, pull your head in. Yeah. And because I was doing a travel show like and eating all the cream cakes and stuff like that <laughs> because they made you on camera, <laughs> I, thought, I better finish that. Um, you know, I, I, you, you do, you have to start really thinking about, okay, hang on. Moderation's a key, getting real balance into your life and, um, yeah, and exercise for me. Exercise is my drug, yeah. you know. That, so how that do you exercise me. today then? So running, time poor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so running for me is a real important thing, whether it be a slow jog or I love nothing more than going to an athletics track yeah. and trying to run a bit faster. Um, I call them feel-good sessions. Yeah, yeah. Where you might do, you know, 200 metres or 100 metres, you know, repetitive stuff, but you sort of go at your own pace and you have your own little rest um, depending on how hard you want to push you. Um, so that for me is that that for me is just where, I don't know, life can just switch off. As soon as I walk in, into an athletics track, life can just switch off for 30 minutes, 50 minutes, however long you're there, and um, – I don't know if that for me is is something that I love. But meditation. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. Well, they say when you swim, they said swimming's a great thing um, because when you swim, you fo focus on your breathing. So it's a great form of meditation. Um, but you're following a line. 
So you, you get your swimming routine into a a, a, a beautiful uh, rhythm. You get your breathing um, good and water is very calming. So they say it's a great thing. But I'm like, what about the swimmers that swim really, really fast <laughs> and get really puffed at the end? But, um, you know, swimming for me, which I haven't done a lot of recently, um, I'm going to start working that back in because I never really thought of it that yeah, way. Yeah. I thought, oh, do you know what? Ticks so many boxes when you think about it like that. Well, and I, you could sort of cram it all in w- at once. Well, I know something else you do, which is a hack that you, you're probably not aware of, but you like to train fast as well and do some power stuff. Yes. Some jump squats and stuff like yes. that. Do you think that's once again, makes you feel younger and more explosive or? Yeah. And the heart jumps out of its chest. Um, but yeah, like, like the burpees, jump squats, the lactic acid comes into play, so you go back to your playing days when you're thinking, <laughs> oh, my goodness, it's only the first 10 minutes of the match and I've already got lactic acid um, it's coming up to my eyeballs. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I like to challenge it. But, yeah, I, I, saw, I do like the feel-good sessions, though, but I do like um, at times pushing a little bit towards the end just to – I don't know. I think just to feel young again and yeah. feel like you're still capable of doing things. Well, speaking of pushing yourself, what about what you achieved with uh, what am I walking about? Tell us about that. Like you ran 780 kilometres. So you retired from AFL football because you had a sore old knee and then you wake up one morning and go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to raise some money for breast cancer. I'm just going to run a lazy 780 kilometres. Yeah, and what I did that to get away from the kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I had an idea through the footy show um, that I said, oh, I'd love to, that was one of the ideas, I'd love to do a run mm-hmm. um, and I'm only going to do it if we raise enough money because okay. I said, I'm not putting my body through that. Yeah. Um, and they said, okay, right, and what do you want to do? And I said, well, we want to run from Adelaide to Melbourne but <laughs> connect with all the communities along the way yeah. um, and we're going to do it for BCNA, Breast Cancer Network Australia, which I had a, a relationship with and, and they do amazing work. Um, but the idea came from um, Cliffy Young, yeah. the ultra marathon uh, runner from Colac, the yeah. potato farmer used to run his gumboots, <laughs> and also Janos Kouros, the Greek god. Yeah, yeah. They used to do the ultra marathon races from Sydney to Melbourne. And Westfield. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they'd take five or six days that they had the caravan towed behind them <laughs> and they just go, shuffle down the highway. And as a young kid growing up in Finley, on the TV, you'd sort of watch and that, I'm like, I want to do that one day. Wow. I want to be a part of that race. Yeah. Um, you know, I always thought that I was an endurance athlete. Yeah. Um, so that for me excited me. So that's where the idea came from. And so I started training um, and I... I know how to train, but I'm like, I don't know how to train to run 80 kilometres a day. Uh, I don't even know if I can run 80 kilometres a day. So, uh, so. How long does 80Ks take you? Well, it depends how much shuffling and walking you do, <laughs> but it's a long time, way too long. Um, so I had to sort of test that out to see not only if I could make 70, 80 kilometres in a day, but then. It's only two marathons. Could I back up and do it the next day? So I went to the TAM um, yep. in Melbourne, yep. which is a very famous running track, and I'd built up. So I, what I'd been doing in the lead up, I'd been putting on my backpack, filling it with change of clothes, food, all sorts of things. And when I knew that I could sneak off for half a day, a full day, I'd just go walking and I'd jog and I'd just keep going. Um, and then I'd try and make it home. And if I didn't make it home, I'd jump on the train and get the train to drop me close enough to home and then I'd shuffle home. But um, So that was a great thing for me to 
from a training point of view. Um, and then I spoke to Steve Monaghetti and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should speak to him because he'll give me a, a whiz-bang training um, program. But he just said, time on your feet. You've got to get used to standing on your feet all day. So even walking around shopping centres, just go and walk around shopping centres if you want. You know, as long as you're standing on your feet all day, yeah. it, you know, get your body used to being upright and, um, you know, blood flow and all that stuff. So I went to the tan um, on one day when I knew I had the, the day to myself uh, and I parked the car. I had, you know, food and, and change of clothes and all sorts of things. And then off I'd go and just around a, a four-kilometre loop with a bit of a hill. And I just kept going, kept going, kept going. Like, and I'd write it down just because I was losing count after a while. And I got to about 80 kilometres that night, about 7.30 at night. And I thought, oh, I'm very, very exhausted, but okay. And then um, went home. And then the next day I tried to back up with about 50 Ks. And I thought, okay, I got there. I can do this. I think I can do this. You know? And, and the, for me, the power of the mind it, like, is the most important thing. Yeah. So physically I'm like, I treat it like when I was playing footy. Mm. If I don't prepare, I'll fail, you know, and I don't want to fail, especially when you're trying to raise money yeah. um, along the way. I said, there's just no way I'm not going to make it. And, um, yeah, got myself into a situation where I was ready um, and then we left Adelaide um, through the Adelaide Hills and uh, we started on our way towards Melbourne and it was the wettest three days Adelaide had have in 100 years. <laughs> so it was fantastic. <laughs> I was just so soaked every – I had to keep changing my clothes because I was really conscious about blisters. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we just shuffled on – down the highway, we had to weave because we weren't allowed on certain sections of the highway, which really, really annoyed me. So sometimes you'd have to take a longer way to certain towns. Um, that's why it ended up being 780 kilometres. But the thing is, what happened along the way, the, the whole focus for me was, okay, raise money, raise money, let's raise money. But after a couple of days, that went out the window because what was happening, I'd be in the middle of nowhere and obviously they could follow the journey Um and I would have families turn up in the middle of nowhere on a highway where there was, you know, no towns for another 100 kilometres, just saying, keep going, well done, we're right behind you. Families who um, their mothers would be battling breast cancer, they, they would be there, they would all break down. So for me, I was prepared physically um, and mentally, mm -hmm. but I wasn't prepared emotionally. Mm -hmm. So that really started knocking me around for six and I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know. Um, and the thing is, with all the little towns that we went through, they would paint the town pink, they would bring school kids out, and it just had great connection with um, everyone, which was really, really beautiful. And that's just kept sort of charging me down the highway. Um, and, yeah, but as I said, emotionally, it really knocked me for sick. So towards the end of it, and the people were still coming to meet me on the side of the roads and say thank you and thanks for taking my mind off my battle for five minutes and, and yeah, you just, for the next 5K, you'd be running with tears trying to sort of wipe them and not show to everyone else that you were, um, yeah, you were, you were battling along emotionally. So, yeah, finally got back to Melbourne um, and we ran into the footy show. We, you know, we had a lot of support down Punt Road and um, got there and, and BCNA had oh, three, four hundred 
women with breast cancer all lined up. Um, it was also a really important show for the footy show because Jim Steins was talking about his battle. Yep. Jim Steins was a great AFL footballer who died of cancer. Um, and he announced to the world that he's dying and he's battling. And so it was a really emotional mm. show. And then I virtually got to the show, sat down next to Sam Newman, and I couldn't say a thing. I was just, I was tears, you mm. know. Um, even Sam Newman had tears. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think someone with a facelift like that could actually produce <laughs> tears. So it was, yeah, a really, really an emotional thing. And then not only that, we were able to hand over um, about $600,000. Incredible, yeah. Which was awesome. And then, um, and then a few years later, I said, I'm ready to do <laughs> another thing. Tell us but, about that. Yeah. Um, I'd like it not to be a run because running on the side of the road, yeah. it's not always flat because you can't really run in the middle of the road. Yeah. So running on the side of the highway and whatever else, um, it's, it's not a great thing because you're sort of Slightly leaning. Slightly leaning yeah. left for and, 780 k's. And one thing that I didn't plan for, which uh, was a little bit annoying, so, um, so yeah. that is what drives you largely now, trying to help well, other people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah definitely. Um, but it's, I don't know, I think as a sportsman and someone with a bit of a profile, once you finish, I, I feel like it's my duty to go out and raise some money, help, yeah. because you can and, and you know, it's something that um, – brings everyone together and it's super important. So, yeah, yeah well, it's a just, real driving factor. Just unpacking that from a, you know, how do I be successful like Shane point of view is one, knowing what your purpose is. Yeah. And it can't be about yourself, I think it's very important. And I always say that um, the problem with a lot of people today is they're not willing to be uncomfortable. You've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable to succeed. You've got to be willing to suffer. You know, suffering isn't a bad thing. I, I know when I used to watch him as an AFL player, I could see him outrun his other midfielder to the point he'd want to run him into the ground because he was more comfortable suffering because he understood what he was suffering for. Do you think that's a good way of looking at it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, the, from the football point of view, yeah, like I knew if I tried my best and things didn't go my way. Yep. Um, but I came off absolutely exhausted. Yep. I could hold my head up high, yep. you know, and, and that's the same thing and you're spot on with, you know, you've you got to suffer. you gotta you got to hurt, yeah. you know, and nothing's easy. Um, if it's easy, you've got to really question yourself what's going on because it shouldn't be too easy. Um, and I can assure you, I suffered on the run. Yeah. It took me a long time to recover. I was really questioning myself, going, what am I doing? What, what on earth are you doing? Yeah. But some of the proudest things I've ever done, some of the things most satisfying because not only trying to make it, but being able to help in a yeah. small way, yeah. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. You've probably got some great advice over the years from great coaches or maybe even your mum. What's the best piece of advice you've been given? Oh, just have a go and do your best. But that's all you can do. Like that's that's all life can pretty much throw at you and it's totally up to you how you attack it. Um, yeah, so just have a go. Like and that's one thing I've done and I look back and go, oh, I've done a lot of things that you certainly wouldn't do now. Um, <laughs> even from a TV point of view, it's like, oh, gee, I had a go there. But it was always my mum's philosophy. It's like, just have a go. Yeah. And uh, you work it out. Never and if wondering. it's not for you, it's yeah. not for you. Yeah. Mm. So, um, but you, you do the hard work, you get the results, you know, and I, I really believe that. My, my dream as a young kid, everyone said I was too small. Everyone said that, you know, you're from a country area, it's, you're not going to be able to do it. You know, I even had some of my close friends, you know, 
say to my other friends, no, he's never going to make it, never going to get there. And um, you just got to believe in yourself. No matter what it is, just go for it um, because I think if you, you dedicate yourself to it and you sacrifice and you work hard, you can do whatever you want. You really can. And it's not just with football. I think there's been a lot of other things where I'm definitely not an expert in a lot of things. I've definitely made a lot of mistakes. I'll continue to make a lot of mistakes. But, you know, you work out where you want to go and what you want to do and, and you'll get there, you know, and hard work gets the results. What about uh, if you had the chance again to speak to your 20-year-old self, what would you say to him? Now we're a bit wiser the, and greyer. those blonde tips out of your hair. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need those. Um, train smart. Yep. Yep. It's um, all about quality, not quantity. Um, something that I used to do. I used to overtrain. Yep. I used to have a lot of issues with my feet, um, you know, stress fractures and so forth because I always thought, more was best, mm. but it's all about quality um, in everything that you do, pretty much everything in life, and um, yeah, definitely, you know, more is not necessarily the best result, but in saying that, it, it always gave me confidence because I knew, no, I've done more than everyone else, but um, there, was a, there was a coach called Alan Jeans who mm. was a very famous um, AFL coach. Um, he's no longer with us. Um, and he he grew up um, in a town called Tokal, which is right near Finlay, where I was from. And he was friends with my grandma. I, I don't know what type of friend, but they were good friends. You know, <laughs> small country town. You know, I don't know. It runs. So friends. yeah, she always had the hots for Alan Jeans. But he was a master coach, and he came down, and he was uh, watching me train because of the connection. And um, he said to me you're not training hard enough in my first year. And I really prided myself on training and I'm like, and we're doing uh, ball skills out on the field and he said, you're not running hard enough. I'm like, right. I said, well, I've done extras here this morning and I've done this and I've done that and then I've just done that session. He goes, yeah. He said, when, when the balls come out, you've got to run as fast as you possibly can every time like it's in a game. <laughs> He said, and have a look at this player and this player. Look how hard they run through to the end of the line. You're not doing that. And that, that totally changed my career yeah. because from then on, I just knew every time the footballs were out, I had to train like I was playing. I had to train like I was under enormous pressure. Um, and that for me was a super important ingredient. And that's one thing that I tell all the kids these days is, you know, when the football's come out, you've got to go flat out. You know, if it's a soccer ball or the basketball or whatever, you want to get better, you've got to get used to doing it at a real high intensity um, and hopefully that holds you in good stead when you play. Great advice, isn't it? And that's what he's talking about. You know, everything's done with quality rather than quantity. You know, life's about the quality of, of everything you do. Speaking of quality, mate, sleep is a big thing. A lot of people focus on exercising and, yes. and whatnot, but people don't realise the benefits of sleep. Do you get good quality sleep? I love my sleep. Um, super important. Um, that for me during the run um, was the most important thing. I thought, oh, if I can get some sleep, I'll be okay. But what happened after the first couple of days, just aching. So you weren't able to have good sleep. Um, sleep is, yeah, it, it is so important in my life. Uh, my quality sleep, um, probably not as much. 
now that I've got kids roaming through the night. Um, I sleepwalk a bit. Wow, so yeah. that. Well, <laughs> I've had many, yeah, I've had many episodes. Really? Uh, with my sleepwalking. Um, I was in the jungle recently for, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, and I sleepwalked a bit in there, which is not a good place to go sleepwalking in a jungle. Um, as a kid, I used to sleepwalk a lot. Um, at boarding school, I, I slept walk a lot. Um, <laughs> when I went to Ireland, um, you, I went to Ireland um, to play in the All Australian team against yeah. the Irish in the, the Gaelic Rules, and I was rooming with a teammate called Angelo Leckis, and I forgot to tell him the first night we got to Ireland. I forgot to tell him that. <laughs> I'm a sleepwalker, <laughs> and he found me standing over the top of him in the middle of the night yelling and screaming, um, leg either side of him, nude, <laughs> um, just – and I, I do remember sort of coming to, and then he was just saying – he was just virtually hiding under his blanket going, go back to bed, go back to bed. And then in the morning he said, what on earth happened last night? What on earth? And then I recalled, because sometimes I can recall ends of bits that go on, and um, I said, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, I forgot to tell you, I sleepwalk. So for the rest of the tour, he said, oh, can I go and get another room, which I totally understood. So I've had, yeah, that's always been something for me, something that I've never really gone to sleep school to be looked at, but um, it has been something where I can go wandering through the night and... (laughs) End up. Do you have to lock your bedroom door, do you? Well, I used to live on a 14th story apartment. Wow. And once slept, walked onto the balcony and was found standing on a chair on my balcony, which is true. So from then on, I had to, yeah, virtually lock the balconies and hide the keys. Yeah. A lot of people meditate. Do you meditate? A lot of the high achievers I speak to in the meditation. Oh, you use exercise. Yeah, I sort of use exercise as my yeah. meditation, but I do need to try and work that in. That's yep. why I might somehow try and work in a bit of swimming. Just, you know, just floating along and and following the black line, you know. And that's that's one thing that I've certainly learned is everyone's wired so differently. Not every exercise works for everyone. So yep. go and find what pushes you a bit but what also, you know, something that you find reasonably enjoyable. And um, when you marry those two up, normally uh, you get a good result. Yeah, and I think that's the key is that making small changes. We spoke about it before. Tell people yep. about, you know, if they're struggling for motivation, what's your advice to them? Well, you just got to find your triggers, you know, and, yep. and as I said, we're all wired so differently. Um, you know, and I struggle for motivation at times. Yep. Um, sometimes it's like, oh, I couldn't be bothered. But it's funny, once I do a run or once I go for a walk or once I get outside and get some fresh air, yep. it's amazing what it does to my mind. You know, and it, it's 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 sort of like I've had one of your energy bars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to go. Um, so, you know, I, I think for everyone out there, you got to find something that they're comfortable um, comfortable with. Um, if you need a bit of help, do a bit of research. You know, even speak to friends and family, or do a bit of research and and find something that might actually drive them in the direction they really want to go. Um, and you've got to remember sometimes that first step is always can be the hardest. And once you get into a bit of rhythm or if you're surrounding yourself with a bit of a team or you're going along to a fitness class, once you start making some connections and some commitments to one another or to some of your friends, that can really sort of drive you along as well. So, um, yeah, you just got to look around and it won't come to you. You've got to go and find it. 
So don't just think it's going to be handed on a platter. You've got to get, get out there and get into it and hopefully things can work the way you want them to. Well, thank you so much. Absolute honour, mate. Hey, no worries, mate. Thank you. Health Hacker was created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Written and presented by Adam McDougall. Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. To listen to more episodes, search Health Hacker Podcast. Listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app.